Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023, and what an incredibly beautiful day it is. No matter where you are in the world, it's a beautiful day. And we have several cryptopian celebrities who have birthdays today. I would like to say... Happy birthday to Dizarine Ishman of Decatur, Alabama. Happy birthday to Joanne Marshall of Bowie, Texas. Happy birthday to Chantel Caven of Lake Alfred, Florida. Happy birthday to Jerry Mosley of Richton Park, Illinois. Happy birthday to Kiki Woods of Portland, Oregon. And happy birthday to R. Sherman of Rockham, North Carolina. Today is your birthday. May your birthday today be filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and understanding you deserve on today, your fabulous birthday. And ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to get a shout out for your birthday, please do me a favor and send me a text message to 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. 7373. So I found a quote today and I want to read this quote and I'm going to read it twice because we are putting a bunch of information out there and believe it or not, it is interconnected and it's going to start to make more sense sooner than later. So this quote says, someday everything will make perfect sense. So for now, Laugh at the confusion, smile through the tears, and keep reminding yourself that everything happens for a reason. Now, that could definitely be applied to our personal lives, but as it relates to money, someday everything will make perfect sense. So for now, laugh at the confusion, smile through the tears, and keep reminding yourself that everything happens for a reason. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be jumping into a conversation today about an event that is going to come up very soon. Uh, We're looking at next week, and I want to make sure that we're clear as to what is taking place next week and why digital currency and what we are doing right now is so critically important for our community. As these events continue to play out, as the narrative is brought to the forefront about what people are intending to do, we really need to make sure that our intentions are succinct and that we are executing. So if you're listening and you're sitting on the sidelines, I am hoping and praying that you are taking a very close look at the information that's being given And that you are not just hearing it or listening to it, but rather acting because things are getting really, really serious 
quicker and sooner uh, than I actually even anticipate. As I'm looking across this United States, as I'm looking around the world at the news, I am seeing a window of opportunity for us as it relates to money. And it is a really great opportunity for us to close this wealth gap. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we are going to actually talk about what is about to happen next week and what effect it will have on the economy. And we're going to really just be standing by to ensure that we are doing the right thing at the right time to ensure that we have our ducks in a row. With that, when we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome forward, welcome forward. You know, I am um, going to tell you all to stand by because I understand that there's a difference between uh, alerting people to scammers in the United States and defamation of character. But we definitely have a group of individuals in our community that we really need to make sure that no one else is taken advantage of. And I think it's a great idea if we're able to really gather information to share with each other, because again, we don't have time or energy or money to lose in this quest to close the wealth gap. And so I think what I'm going to start doing, because a lot of these individuals are coming across my path for one reason or another, I think it's really important that our community really just steps up and, and stands up and says, hey, you know what? Uh, these things are not right or correct. And these are the facts that we have. And that if you're going to do business with individuals in our community, you have to be held accountable for your actions. And so that being said, I am I'm going to really be doing my due diligence because people have started to bring individuals to my attention. And so I think we will be using this platform at the end of most of the shows or some of the shows that just really expose some of the individuals in our community that are helping to get rid of our wealth by uh, promising goods and services that are not working out for the community. And so because of the simple fact that I am getting the calls, you know, I'll do my due diligence and make sure that everybody is protected. And and again, uh, we have to be talking about the macro, but we got to talk about the community too. We got to talk about uh, right here where we are and just keep each other safe. And so uh, for those of you that have reached out to me with some sort of scam or platform that has scammed you, I definitely will be uh, making a better effort to vet the information and make sure that I let the community know what is going on so nobody else falls down in one of these deep wells. I'm going to call it a well because it's not a rabbit hole because you can eventually get out of a rabbit hole because one tunnel leads to another. But some of these things are just wells and you can't get out of the wells because there's no bucket and a rope to pull you up. So uh, we're going to make sure that we get that. And I appreciate everyone who has reached out and said, hey, uh, tell people about this organization and uh, we're doing our due diligence and we'll get that information out there. Now, moving forward, uh, we have some really interesting things that are going to be coming to our world. 
And I'm just going to say it this way. Next Tuesday, August 22nd, Russia, China, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, and others are set to meet uh, in Johannesburg, South Africa for the BRICS meeting. And we learned that BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And um, this meeting is 100% guaranteed to take place, ladies and gentlemen. And this is the first time that this meeting is going to take place in person since COVID-19 was here and the pandemic was in place because they've been doing this uh, virtually and not in person, but they're going to do this in person. So the South African president is going to be present. The president of China is going to be president. Brazil's president is going to be present. The Indian prime minister is going to be present, but who's not going to be president is Russian president Vladimir Putin. And he's not going to be in, in attendance because there is a warrant for his arrest that was issued by the International Crime or Criminal Court for alleged crime wars against Ukraine, right? So he is not going to be there, but he's going to participate virtually. That being said, um, the uh, foreign minister of Russia is going to be there, but invitations, ladies and gentlemen, have been extended to 67 leaders across Africa, Latin America, Asian, the Caribbeans, South African, um, just uh, the southern part of Africa. And this is really interesting how this is going to play out. 20 dignitaries, including the Secretary General of the United Nations, the Chairperson of African Union Commission, and the President of New Development Bank have also been invited. So what we are watching is who is actually going to show up not who's expected to be in attendance, who actually shows up, and then what that looks like from there. But um, the key issues that are going to be discussed in, is the most controversial issue. We know that uh, as we're learning, as we're having these conversations every day, he who controls the money controls the world. And I stated a couple of weeks ago that they would not be talking about any type of currency backed, um, and when I say currency backed, I should have said commodity backed currency. So they won't be discussing at the BRICS meeting about a digital currency that is backed by gold or anything like that. They said that the meeting is not going to be for that. Does not mean that they're not working on it, but they will not be addressing it in this particular meeting. Um, and they're also going to be talking about expanding new members, including the emissions and criteria and guiding principles. The division among BRICS members over the criteria for admitting new members um, has been going on for some time. And so they're going to deal with this. China actually seeks to boost its geopolitical might uh, of course, you know, with the tensions against the United States. And so they are wanting to expand. That's one of the drivers that they're pushing for. Russia is also embracing a way to overcome its isolation over the Ukrainian war. And so they're looking to 
strengthen themselves as well through this alliance. India is also coming around to the idea, but Brazil is the most skeptical about the enlargement of this actual group. And I don't know from what I can read, they just want to make sure that everybody that joins BRICS is really there to join BRICS and not to spy and give the information back to the United States, which lets you know that they're doing some things contrary to what the United States would like to see. And so um, I want to make sure, though, that you understand that BRICS, although uh, people all around the world are not as um, do, do not have as much money as the United States and the people that live in the United States, BRICS right now accounts for more than 40% of the world's population. Now, they don't have too much further to go. They got another 11% of the population to actually dominate the world's population because 51% is uh, a very critical thing. But they've got about 26% of the economy and that has been reaching out to them to see if they can offer them alternative forms for um, for getting involved in BRICS. And so this is really interesting to see this thing play out. So 23 countries, ladies and gentlemen, as I've told you before, have formally applied to become new members of BRICS. So you got Saudi Arabia. Now, I need you to think about the oil and the things that we're supposed to be using the dollar to purchase. But if they join BRICS, if they're accepted in BRICS, then I think that that oil source will go away. But anyway, Saudi Arabia has filled out an application. Iran, the United Arab Emirates, Argentina, Indonesia, Egypt, Ethiopia, and there's just a lot of questions surrounding uh, those who apply, who will be admitted, and then how dedicated they are to BRICS and how easily they can box the rest of the world out if they hold. I don't know if you add that 20, 26 to 40, you've got 66% of the people on this globe that would be involved in BRICS, which is a far cry from America having the dominance around here. So we just got to watch these things so we understand. Other agendas that they're going to be discussing on this uh, global uh, geopolitic meeting is trade and infrastructure development. And so, again, all of these things we have to watch. Why? Because America owns nothing or makes nothing, and we import a lot of things. Um, I am watching what's happening to some of the Armenian countries right now as there is no grain coming in, there's no food, a couple of the regions uh, over there, and this has nothing to do with the, well, it does have to do with the Russian-Ukraine war, but directly these individuals that right now are having a hard time finding food or even getting gas to be able to get to a store that's further away from them. 
is really interesting. And anytime I see something like this, especially in times where people say, oh, no, that can't happen. That would never happen. We would never run out of food. We would never run out of gas. Well, they did not think that they would be running out of food or gas either. But war changes things. Different conditions come up. Different situations come up. And we've got to be prepared. So what if these individuals that I was doing some studying on today have put together six months to a year worth of food? They would not be in such a catastrophic situation that they're in right now. So I want you to take a look at them and say to yourself, do I want to be the one showing up to the grocery store first and foremost when the grocery store is closed? And then secondly, if the grocery store is open, there are no supplies, there's no food, there's nothing that's being uh, trucked in uh, because all of those goods and services are gone. Um, all of those non-perishables are gone and all of those things. So as I look at these things that seem to be kind of isolated based on the Ukrainian um, Russian war, I really want to say to our community, I am not trying to give you any spirit of fear. I am trying to talk to our community about making sure that you are ready and you have a couple of little things stored up. If you can afford to store some non-perishable foods, do that. That is going to be an asset. That's an asset that I haven't actually deemed an asset, but ladies and gentlemen, food is an asset in times such as what a lot of people are dealing with. Now, I know the fires over in Hawaii are a whole different story because no matter how much you saved, you couldn't pick up those things and leave, especially with the fire raging. But what we can learn from each and every one of these things is that we never know what is going to take place and we have to be ready so we don't have to get ready when the time comes. And I don't care about the conspiracy theories. I'm not here for any of, um, you know, con I don't condone the war. None of those things, ladies and gentlemen, but they are happening. And more and more is going to happen based on the climate, based on everything that we see in this financial space. And so BRICS announcement next week or this meeting that they have next week is really going to be an eye-opener for not just our community, but for everybody else around the world. Because in my opinion, they are going to trigger absolute panic around the globe because America's money is the dominant dollar and everybody looks to use it. Everybody looks to trade it. But if the people that are waiting to accept people into BRICS, and I'm talking about the BRICS founding members, the more people they add to BRICS, the stronger they are and the stronger their alliances are. And they have been unequivocally against the United States dollar in the United States. They have stated over and over, enough is enough. Now, they may not be mighty enough right now to make that big of a difference, but just what if they are? What if they have garnered up enough support to really do some of the things that they need to do? Not on August 22nd, because again, you're going to wake up, the birds are going to be chirping and everything is going to be lovely, but the will is turning just like I told you the wheel was turning starting July 1st 
with the uh, Fed Now program, all of these things are going to start to make sense. And the bottom line is everyone is in competition, ladies and gentlemen, to own and control the money. And you're going to start to see that over and over and over again. And I hope I am giving you a resounding theme so you can see how serious this is. Because when we come forward, I have another story to share with you because someone else is fighting for your money. Now, you've got the United States fighting for your money. You've got these other countries and BRICS fighting for, um, I'm going to say fighting for you to keep your money and them not use our money. But they still want power and control. And then you have all these side entities that are looking at this digital thing that's going on and saying, how do we fit in? How do we master this? How do we dominate this market? And it is getting ready to be an all-out war on our money that we hold. So it is critically important that we are in control of it because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And again, I can say it over and over again, but ladies and gentlemen, this digital currency thing is not going anywhere. And I have a, a regular everyday grocery store story to share with you when we come forward after news, sports, and traffic. And then you're going to start to understand how serious this is getting, not just here in the United States, but around the world, because money is changing effective immediately. When we come forward after news, sports, and traffic, this is KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So, as we look at experiments with money, I think all eyes are on different stores to see how they're working things out with what they are doing in the cashless space. Now, some of you may be familiar with Aldi, A-L-D-I, that is a grocery store. And it happens to be a German supermarket. A lot of people don't know that. And what they are doing is over 60 of the Aldis over across the pond have gone to a no cash policy. That means no matter how hungry you are, no matter what, they are not accepting cash, period. So there has been an uproar from individuals in the community over there because they're outraged that there's some hidden charges with the use of your debit cards, a Visa, MasterCard, all of those things, because they have, they said that they have to, of course, deal with the, uh, they have to pass on those fees from Visa, MasterCard, Discover to their potential customers, but they're not accepting cash. So they're almost forcing you to pay more for your groceries and things like that. And so we're watching to see as they start to test here in the United States. And some of you may or may not shop at Aldi. I shop at Aldi. 
Um, I, I stop every now and then. They have little specialty things that I like that are in there specifically. But uh, and the stores that I've been in lately still allow you to use cash. But the point of the matter is they are slowly taking the ability to accept cash away from the clients in order. They don't take, um, I think, let me just say, say this. They want everybody to go and push harder on Apple Pay and Google Pay and things like that. Again, where money is just numbers that go across the screens, they never have to actually produce the dollar to give to somebody because it's always somewhere on some database in zeros, ones, twos, blah, blah, blah. And so we're going to watch what happens with Audi because this is the first major chain across uh, the world that is actually starting to do store by store. And a lot of the employees are talking about the fact that they are been going to training and they're stating that by 2024, Audi will not be taking money of any kind, which means, again, money is changing. Remember I told you all during COVID, Walmart did a test like this, and they said that they were doing it because of COVID, and they wanted a cashless uh, transaction because COVID was being contracted by contract con, con, People were able to get COVID from money or dollar bills because it was just, they were just saying that's what it was. And so they wanted contactless payments and things of that sort. And they tried it out for a while. They weren't taking cash. And it was just a really strange deal to be watching people walk into Walmart to be met by people that are saying, you know what, if you're shopping with cash today, you can't buy anything because Walmart's not taking any cash. Same thing is happening at Aldi. I know it's a smaller chain, but I really think that they're the first ones that other chains are going to watch to see how effective they are and see how it works out. That being said, as we talk about how things are changing, Elon Musk, ladies and gentlemen, says that X, which is this, um, the name change for Twitter. And let me just say this, it's, it's, it's a big deal that he changed Twitter's name to X, but they're going to offer an entire financial world inside of the platform in the coming months. And so in light of this Twitter's rebranding, Elon Musk says uh, users can expect to conduct their entire financial world on this X platform. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be a fight with the banks. I'm telling you right now, we can expect to see some some banks and some other individuals really trying to compete quickly to get the right things in place so that everybody is not doing all their financial transactions on Twitter. That being said, because um, someone asked me, like, how many companies actually change their name and rebrand? Well, there's been a lot of them that have done that. You've got, um, a, a lot of you don't know, Amazon's name was Catabara, was like, now it's Amazon. Uh, Best Buy's name was Sound of Music. eBay's name was Auction Web. Uh, Facebook's name was Meta. 
And then Google had a name. It was called Back Rub. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yes, like you rub your back, Back Rub. And so these um, companies, they start. Netflix was Kibble. I got to say that one. That one was funny, Kibble. Uh, but now it's Netflix. But these companies do rebranding and they change their name. It's nothing. Um, it's nothing really bizarre. But what is bizarre is he knows that if he gets this right, ladies and gentlemen, he will be doing or having the plans for banking, payments, and everything for a whole bunch of people around this world, um, just like China. WeChat. Now, some of you may or may not be familiar with WeChat, but WeChat has taken over in China. There is hardly anybody in China carrying cash. If they're carrying cash, it's like they 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 did a study. It's under twenty dollars that people have been having in their pocket for the last six to eight months. Everything else is done by QR code. It is digital. It is on WeChat. And when he does this on this X platform, again, formerly known as Twitter, he is expecting to take the lion's share of individuals in the world and provide them with financial services. This is a big deal. Again, this is another fight to control and be in charge of people's everyday money and putting it in the hands of Elon Musk in this platform called X, formerly known as Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, this is somebody who plays with people's intelligence. And if you think that he plays with people's intelligence, or I shouldn't say if you think, you know he plays with people's intelligence. He's been playing with people's intelligence for a very long time. And if he controls the money, can you just imagine what that's going to look like? Um, and so, again, as things change, as, as, as money changes, as all of these new companies set themselves up to be in charge of our funds, We've got to keep our eyes and our ears open to know which direction we need to go. He's also reported that he is getting in partnership with the fintech platform that I don't talk about much. It's called eToro. That's going to allow trades of cryptocurrency and stocks on this platform as well. So not only is he going to be doing the banking and all these other things, he is bona fide going to be allowing users to trade cryptocurrencies and stock on the platform. And so he is trying to be a one-stop shop for financial services. And I am telling you, uh, just like, you know, we suspected there's a couple of different entities that are really coming for uh, those individuals that use these platforms to really monetize and take advantage of and control your money. So the only way that that will not happen to you is if you've number one, don't use these platforms. So if you don't use that platform, I don't think that you have much to worry about, but what about if you go to actually uh, pay for a good and service and, the, and they tell you that you have to pay them on X. That means you have got to get acclimated to what Twitter is. Well, Twitter used to be Twitter. What X is, I got to get used to saying it myself and downloading it on your phone and figuring out how you do a financial transaction on there. And 
uh, without losing money. And with that comes a whole nother set of issues. And I'll just and I'll just say this really quickly. <laughs> when we come forward, I'll finish the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Money. Old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. So just really quickly, I will say I think it was maybe about three months ago I um, went to pay my babysitter on Cash App. And I accidentally clicked the name Sierra, thinking it was my babysitter. And it happened to be somebody else that was in my phone. And I sent that wrong Sierra a couple of hundred dollars, a little bit more than a couple of hundred dollars. But I will say that there was absolutely nothing that Cash App did to help me get that money back to the right Sierra. And I had to go into the platform. I had to request to rescind the transaction. That didn't happen. I even reached out to the person that accidentally got it. And they told me that their account had been closed for years. They didn't have access to it. But Cash App never refunded that money. Cash App never even uh, credited the right account. That was just money that Cash App kept. And a lot of people have had bad experience with Cash App as it relates to transactions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you, and, and you probably know tons of people that don't have a Cash App for that very exact reason, but just think about the fact that X is coming on the scene to handle your money. The same terrible, horrible customer service that we get with Cash App for situations such as the one that I experienced and more, we're gonna be getting from X as well because they are not customer service oriented. They do what they want, when they want, with whom they want, in my opinion. And so this is not like the banking industry, ladies and gentlemen. Things are starting to get or escalate a little bit more as it relates to these financial platforms that are coming on the scene to handle our money. And yes, there's human error, but with human error, at least with the banks, you can try to see what you can do to get those funds back. That being said, um, we just got to watch and make sure that we're in control more and more as we move into this new digital space with these new companies who seek, in my opinion, to come in and really just take advantage of as much as they can. Now, they're there to help. They're there to make legitimate transactions. But just think about how many of people like me make small little accidents and all of that money goes nowhere but to the company because there's you have no other recourse when they say that you're not getting it back is you're just not getting it back and i can't understand how they can't reverse the charges if nobody's utilized the money it's not like bitcoin or yeah because bitcoin if you send it to the wrong address it's just gone forever it's actually sitting on their platform and they can see it they can move it they can do what they need to do but they refuse to do so and x is going to come with that same exact thing so i want to caution you all that as things change with us not dealing with 
well, dealing with the bank is a whole nother story, but you got the banks that are having some issues. Then you've got these platforms that kind of do whatever they want to do because there's no uh, bunch of regulation unless a bunch of us get together and sue for the fact that the platform kept our money and the money is just sitting there. Um, there's really nothing that you can do. And as we move into this new ushered type of situation, we've really got to be careful. And so um, that being said, as we talk about the cryptocurrency space as a, at the Bitcoin space, you well know that if you send Bitcoin to the wrong address, it is lost forever in the abyss. But you don't expect that with a platform that people actually control. And so it happens every single day and it's going to happen more and more because they are definitely taking advantage of human error on some of these websites. That being said, Bitcoin right now today on this August the 16th is trading at $28,913 and it is down. We are all red all the way across. It's down in the last hour, 0.70% in the last 24 hours. We are down 0.92% in the last seven days. We are down 1.89%. Ethereum as well is trading at $1,805. It is down in the last hour, 0.79%. In the last 24 hours, it's down 1.27%. And in the last seven days, it's down 2.48%. And so why the decline in the cryptocurrency market? We're in a period of stagnation amongst most of the digital asset. And it actually continues for all of the major cryptocurrencies. And uh, we're, we saw in the last 24 hours more than $17 billion of the market cap just actually, and I don't want to say disappear because we don't know what they're doing. We don't know whether they put it in gold. They definitely didn't put it in the bank. But I think some of them sold out of some of their cryptocurrencies. But specifically, the market cap has declined from $1.17 trillion 24 hours ago to about $1.15 trillion uh, at the time of this show today, which represents about a 1.63% drop in the past day. And um, that's just based on what I'm looking at on coin market cap. But as it happens to decline, the sharpest among altcoins, and I wanted to bring this one up specifically because XRP loses over $1 billion in market cap after its price decline more than 4% over the last past days. And I said from the very beginning, they had a run on that news from, uh, from the courts, but the courts have since uh, started to get clarified or people started clarifying what was actually going on. And it's corrected itself. So nearly 7% on the weekly chart um, to close at 20% across the previous month with it standing at about 59 cents. So a lot of people got in, got out, sold out when it went up to the peak, and then now it's declining. And so we'll just see what happens. It's a current sell-off that actually coincides with Binance, one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world that's shutting down its regulated payment arm called Binance Connect. And the crypto trading platform um, is no longer going to be doing um, several of the transactions that they were doing through Binance Connect. You've got to get...
to read and find out what that is and when they're changing. But that, in my opinion, is one of the reasons that um, that the price is uh, not doing not doing as well as it was because on Binance is where a lot of individuals were going to trade their XRP, etc. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, all right. All things considered, the current period right now in the cryptocurrency space seems to be a very quiet one but the crypto market has demonstrated time and time again that it can actually change rapidly so the present situation might as well be a calm before the storm in either direction and i hope it's for uh the bear market so that we have time together so i have time together more and more satoshis as you all know i am going to continue to dollar cost average and if the price of bitcoin drops the slightest i'm gonna go from six dollars to ten dollars or twelve dollars i'm gonna buy just a little bit more because i am going to buy in the dip because i am trying to stack my satoshis and a satoshi for those of you that are new are the smallest increment of a bitcoin smallest increment of a bitcoin and i am so looking forward to having a bunch of small increments of bitcoin that add up to more and more bitcoin every single day i was looking at an article where a gentleman by the name of mr beast that some of our children look at on youtube disclosed his involvement in bitcoin uh back in 2001 i think he bought 1.5 million dollars in bitcoin when Bitcoin was at 30,000. So right now his portfolio looks like it is, um, like he just made a little bit, but just think about when uh, the price of Bitcoin goes up and continues to go up and rises. Uh, He's gonna be pretty well set. I wish I had 1.5 million to invest in Bitcoin right now while it's 30,000. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me here on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. If you have any questions or anything that you need to ask me, please, please feel free to send me a text message to 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. We are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. And as always, we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you.